Hey everyone, it's Editing Hoots here. Several weeks ago, Kaylin, Mandy, and myself recorded and banked a bunch of goodies. Not so bad respect the dead subjects that we could release if ever something bad happened in the world and we just didn't feel like releasing an episode about a villain. Well, this week I'm breaking that emergency glass and pulling out my respect the dead goodie. A week ago today, at time of this recording, 150 people died in a crowd crush in Itaewon, South Korea. Our deepest condolences go out to the friends and families of the victims and the survivors of the tragedy. Without further ado, here's a special goodish person episode of Respect the Dead. Welcome back to Respect the Dead, the podcast where we sometimes do. Sweaty. It's no surprise that everyone celebrated your demise And now, worms are eating your eyes So don't you worry your rotting head As you sleep in your sodden bed It's time to respect the dead Hi, I'm Hoots And I'm Ainley Mandy <laughs> Conrad. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we both just like sat there blinking at each other. <laughs> yeah. Playing podcast chicken. Because <laughs> like. I don't always, uh, I feel like I always am first or second because I jump in. So I wanted to leave it. Oh, I don't. You were waiting, I literally don't care. Do I it. literally don't care. <laughs> A little bit of a Canadian standoff there. <laughs> it's like that polite thing where you're like dancing with somebody in an aisle trying to get around them, but you also need to get somewhere. <laughs> like, uh, no, oh, oh, oop. Uh, so, hi, guys. Um, <laughs> today, hi. for our goodie episode, uh, we're talking about Victoria Woodhill. So, Victoria Woodhill Ooh. was born Victoria, California, Clayton. <laughs> <laughs> I love that her middle name was California. California. <laughs> oh my god, this sounds like me trying to write an American character. <laughs> Victoria California Clayfish. Martha California Crayfish. <laughs> Mary Florida American California. <laughs> This is like big Carol Marinara energy. <laughs> Huge <laughs> Carol Marinara that, energy. Oh my god. California oh my Marinara. <laughs> that should be your next fake name. It's just a series of like obvious state names. Oh my god. Really I think ridiculous. my nose is bleeding. I'm laughing so hard. You're not oh Jessica. God, fucking <laughs> Jessica Michigan Shrippy. I don't know. <coughs> shrippy. I was trying to make a Shrippy. Michigan Shrippy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. You guys, we are halfway through bullet number one. I'm so sorry. My I'm so face sorry. aches. <laughs> um, I mean, okay. To be fair, we started recording what at three thirty today, oh and it's now seven o'clock. So we've been going for a while, we and we've punched. been also drinking this whole I am, time. Yeah, so I'm drinking water for this episode. I switched to water oh. like mid episode one. I didn't. I'm still drinking alcohol. <laughs> yes, I'll Mandy. be hopping back in. I will be hopping back in. I was just like, same. I haven't drank all week. Same. So I yeah. needed to. I'll drink some water later, but right now I'm like, <laughs> nah, I'm still drinking. 
my my dinner was pasta, so I'm like, I got okay. like heavy a heavy foundation oh, yeah, to start ate. with. I'm fine. Same. So, I had yeah, that, that's part of it. Yeah, if I had had pasta, I could eat or I could drink like whatever the fuck I yeah, wanted. Yeah, I had pasta with meatballs and uh, like sausage mm-hmm. was in it too. It was a very heavy dinner, so I'm I'm always you need yeah, to drink more for it to get through all the exactly. food. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I had a I had a tablespoon of peanut butter and a slice of cheese. <laughs> Literally like yeah, setting know. a mouse trap for yourself. Like Your rat food. <laughs> just sitting there. And that's how I ate it in front of my fridge. Yeah, I just As you do. <laughs> uh yeah. so bullet number one. <laughs> Victoria <laughs> was born. Victoria, California, Cleveland, (laughs) on September 23rd, 1838, in Homer, Ohio. I'm sorry, it's very funny. Homer, Ohio. (laughs) Fire applause. Wait, wait, she was born in Ohio. <coughs> Angus is mad. Victoria, California, Clayford. Oh my God. <laughs> Even Angus is like, I'm gonna. Get on. <laughs> I get out of here. <laughs> it's one of those episodes. Bye. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh my God. no. Oh my God. Sorry. Uh, so <laughs> I'm already crying. Jesus. Okay, keep going. <laughs> Bullet number two. <laughs> Victoria was the seventh of ten children. What are the rest of their names? <laughs> I, I don't I don't know all of their names, Kaylin, but the one that is important to this episode is named Tennessee. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Kaylin just let his family drink. <laughs> I knew ten- it was coming. It was Tennessee, Florida, New Hampshire, and the rest. <laughs> oh my god! She was really going for fifty. She just didn't live that <laughs> she just long. Didn't get there. Oh Alaska was next. <laughs> I love. I love oh, her naming conventions. Just like Jessica, <laughs> Jessica, Texas mixtape. Like, what <laughs> she can think of? Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh uh six of those 10 children would live to adulthood. So five of Victoria's siblings also lived to maturity because again this was the 1830s. Yeah. Victoria received almost no education growing up. Her mother, Roxy Hummel Clayfin, was completely <laughs> the names are all going to be funny. Great. Uh was completely illiterate. Her mom was completely illiterate and her father Reuben Buck Buckman Clayfin Esquire. <laughs> he has an Esquire, Esquire, even though I don't think. Oh, wait, I was about to say, I don't think he was a lawyer. Apparently, he was a lawyer, but he didn't really work as a lawyer. Uh, he was mostly a con man and a snake oil salesman. And okay, this is not funny. He regularly beat Victoria and possibly also sexually abused her, but this um. is like a matter of some dispute among biographers. She has stated some things about her father that some biographers think imply that there might have been sexual abuse and other biographers are like, eh, we, we can't know that for sure. So we don't know that for sure. 
As a child, Victoria became a follower of Franz Mesmer, of mesmerism or hypnotism. Mm-hmm. Um, and she became deeply involved with the American spiritualist movement, uh, which was huge in the 19th century. Mm-hmm. Um, spiritualism, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, is a social and religious movement with the core beliefs that uh, the continuity of personality after the transition of death and the possibility of communication between those living on earth and those who have made the transition are uh, both real and possible. Uh, So Victoria believed that she could heal the sick and communicate with the dead. So her father put her and one of her sisters, Tennessee Clavin, Mm. to work telling fortunes and contacting spirits, as well as offering snake oil cures for ailments ranging from asthma to cancer. The spiritualist movement was a huge deal in the U.S. and in Great Britain in the 19th and early 20th centuries. The Fox sisters became uh, fabulously wealthy and world famous, holding seances and communicating with spirits. Queen Victoria and Mary Todd Lincoln were dedicated spiritualists um, and Respect the Dead alumni. Thomas Edison wanted to invent a telephone (laughs) that can communicate with the dead. Oh, (laughs) fucking idiot. Physician and novelist. Arthur Conan Doyle was drawn to the movement and magicians like Harry Houdini actually got their start trying to disprove spiritualist claims. So that's where like a lot of- I didn't know that about uh, uh, Thomas Edison. Edison. I I never came across that when I was doing research on him. That's cool. I mean, not cool, cool, but interesting. I don't think it got very (laughs) far into development, but he wanted to create a a spirit phone. I want a corpse phone. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was really shitty at inventing things, actually. So he probably tried to get his people to make it. They were like, no. (laughs) Actual scientists. (laughs) Like, so uh, those are some like pretty intense roadblocks, given that. You can't speak to the dead. Yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't a good inventor. Some big like, hurdles. I'm going to invent a phone to speak to the dead. It's like, I I, I have some bad news you about did your have life ambition. plans here. But... I'm just imagining him like, yelling at a tree, like, is this working? <laughs> Can you hear me now? <laughs> just, like, just like kneeling on a grave, like, hello, Martha, Martha. <laughs> if you can hear me, make a noise. <laughs> And you hear that, like, sound from that, like, mummy that they made talk a few years ago where it's just like, uh. Do you remember that video? (laughs) They're like, we recreated a mummy's voice. I remember that. (laughs) Like, well, okay. It's like, is this going to be impressive? (laughs) Like when they reconstruct their face and it just looks like a deflated basketball. (laughs) Like, oh, this doesn't seem so cute. Like a melted mannequin. Yeah. Maybe we didn't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You spent so long trying to figure out if you could. You never considered if you should. You never considered if it would be super gross. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's also important to note that in the United States, spiritualism had close ties to social reform movements like abolition, universal suffrage, and socialist movements, especially Christian socialism, especially for this story in particular. So at the age of 15, Victoria marries her first husband, 28-year-old Dr. Canning Woodhill. The prefix doctor here is doing a lot of heavy lifting, though, because Canning practiced in Ohio, a state which at the time did not require any kind of formal medical training or licensing. So you could just, like, move there and be like, I'm a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) 
I've considered doing that on my Twitter <laughs> name, just like putting doctor at the front. And if anyone says anything, I'm like, what? Dr. Kaylin Conrad Esquire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Lawyer Kaylin. It's not fraud. I'm not. <laughs> Dr. Larry Kaylin Conrad. <laughs> Dr. Lawyer. Uh, Kaylin California Kaylin, Conrad. Dr. Oh lawyer God. Kaylin California Conrad. <laughs> Mixtape. Mixtape. Esquire. I love that you put lawyer Esquire so that they would they would know you're double lawyer. They're double the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I know the law so well. I yeah. had it twice to my name. I can actually t- practice in two different mortal planes. <laughs> <laughs> so Victoria bore Canning two children, Byron and Zulu. Problematic name. Uh, but soon discovered that Canning was a philandering alcoholic who neglected the family. So Woodhill worked as a seamstress, store clerk, and stage actress to support all of them. Eventually, she grows tired of Canning and divorces him. After which she becomes a, pro- after which she becomes. I-, I drank a lot. <laughs> Eventually, she grows tired of Canning and divorces him. After which she becomes a proponent of the free love movement, which argued that individuals should be able to remain with romantic partners as long as they choose and then move on, rather than marry for life. Um, the wait, did I say that right? which argued that individuals should be able to remain with romantic partners as long as they chose and then move on or rather than marry for life. I copied and pasted a lot of this from Wikipedia, guys. As you should. The f- <laughs> if Karen and Georgia can do it, so the fuck can we. So the fuck can I. Uh, the free love movement also sought to destigmatize divorce and make it easier for wives to leave abusive husbands. I do love that. Mm-hmm. In the 19th century, the free love movement also had links to abolitionist movements, drawing parallels between slavery and quote-unquote sexual slavery, marriage, and forming alliances with black activists. In 1871, Victoria would state, Yes, I am a free lover. I have an inalienable constitutional and natural right to love whom I may, to love as long or as short a period as I can, to change that love every day if I please. And with that right, neither you nor any law you can frame have any right to interfere. I love that. I must say, that's a fucking banger of a a quote. That's, I'm I'm here here for for that. that. 1871. I'm like, hey, that sounds like a little bit of like a relationship anarchy. I'm into this. <laughs> a, little. a little bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, in this same speech, Victoria also said, to women, to woman, by nature belongs the right of sexual determination. When the instinct is aroused in her, then and only then should commerce follow. When woman rises from sexual slavery to sexual freedom into the ownership and control of her sexual organs and man is obliged to respect this freedom, then will this instinct become pure and holy. Then will woman be raised from the iniquity and morbidness in which she now wallows for existence and the intensity and glory of her creative functions be increased a hundredfold. This is like a cute little manifesto here. Mm, Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Um, And lots of stuff about like um, literally talking about control and ownership of her own sexual organs. Mm -hmm. Bodily autonomy. Bodily autonomy. I would read her zine. (laughs) Which she was, uh, she she had a few of them, Kaylin. (laughs) Um, uh, 
And this might make you think, because she was like a big early proponent of bodily autonomy, that she was pro-abortion. But she was very much not, sadly. Uh, She seemed to be of the opinion that if women were free in their relationships or free to leave bad relationships, that abortion would kind of be unnecessary. Uh, Quote, Every woman knows that if she were free, she would never bear an unwished-for child, nor think of murdering one before its birth, um, which that's that's not no. I'm like, um, do I know that? I'm gonna so? say because I yeah, don't think I I'm gonna do say, know that. Like, she's speaking from not experience here, so she she doesn't know that. that no, that that's mm-hmm. very much not the case. I'm like halfway through her zine, like looking at it at the table, and I'm like, I'm actually just gonna put this back down. <laughs> put this down. <laughs> you have her go. Ah, yeah, no. She is like. <laughs> She is very much an icon and I stand her and I love her, but there are like a couple of different things in this that I'm like, no. Um, <laughs> however, the the things that I'm mostly thinking of are things that it's like, oh, if you had been born like a few decades later, you would have seen these things taken to their logical conclusion yeah. and you would have like changed your opinion. Because this is like, this opinion is based on an assumption that is wrong. And yeah, if, exactly. if she had like lived a few decades later and like abortion was, uh, was legal and also no fault divorce was legal, she would have been like, oh, actually there are situations in which people who love yeah. each other very much still need to terminate yeah. pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've changed my opinion. Well, she didn't have the medical information mm-hmm. to understand like the certain risks that come with pregnancies. Like she, like, yes, people like died in childbirth or whatever. But she's probably like, oh, well that doesn't need to happen anymore. Like yeah. no one will need to do this. Like there's, there's so much context she didn't have. have. So yeah. That's and fair. she was very much and the it, kind of person to think like, if it's a good, and we'll get to more of this later, if it's a good match, she won't die in pregnancy because it's, because. So that's just bad science yeah. because she is a snake oil salesperson mm-hmm. and doesn't she's understand a spiritualist medicine. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah. She believes that like a happy, okay. you know, if you if you have good vibes, then everything works. It's out literally fine. that good vibes, good baby. It's literally that. It's it's yeah. like if 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 you make yeah. a good match and you're in a happy relationship, you'll have a healthy pregnancy. It's the secret, but yeah. not. <laughs> it's a, the secret is that that's not how this works. Yeah, exactly. And she very much equated abortion with murder. Quote, many women who would be shocked at the very thought of killing their children after birth deliberately destroy them previously. If there is any difference in the actual crime, we should be glad to have those who practice the latter pointed out. The truth of the matter is that it is just as much a murder to destroy life in its embryotic condition as it is to destroy it after the fully developed form is attained. For it is the self-same life that is taken. So not all of her opinions were great or based. Uh, However, because of her public advocacy of free love, uh, friend of the podcast, political cartoonist Thomas Nast, who drew pictures of James Blaine. Nast! Hey! I remember him. Drew this cartoon of Victoria Woodhill that I'm going to drop in the chat and is fucking iconic. I love it so much. Hang on, I'm copying and pasting. Oh, I'm now. excited. I hate how she was like, the truth of the matter is, and it's like not a truth. Like literally yeah. no science behind it at all. It's just like, yeah. here's the truth, <laughs> yeah. my opinion. Here's what I feel is <laughs> it's an editorial, true. honey. Uh here we go. 
So this is uh, Thomas Nass was parodying her for uh, advocating for free love. <laughs> this is her. <laughs> oh my god! I want this printed out. This oh my is god! Her cartoon. He's called her Mrs. Wings. Satan. Get the behind me, Mrs. Satan. Mm-hmm. I'd ravel. Oh I'd rather Mrs. travel the hardest Satan. path of matrimony than follow your foot. Yes. So he has drawn a woman married to a drunken husband, uh, carrying her alcoholic husband on her back uphill along with two infants. And the woman is yelling at, uh, at Victoria, who is the devil. (laughs) She's yelling like, I'd rather take this path than be like you, Mrs. Satan. Mrs. Satan. And also she has like um so Mrs. Satan has like these great like horns that like they're like the curl back kind and she's got these it's big leathery bat wings and she's hold like the iconic. Li- it's I I, I don't know if Nas was actually doing the thing he thought he was doing here because like I she looks so cool she looks so cool <laughs> she looks yeah. metal as fuck she does and she's got a big sign that says yeah. free love hell yeah. hell yeah she looks like a pretty vampire Hetty Green mm. in that outfit I know what I'm going for is Halloween as Mrs. Satan <laughs> All, as with your little sign that yes. says be saved by free love I'm gonna have like Iconic. a little sign. I love how many of like former people I've brought up have shown I know up uh, two <laughs> already. <laughs> yeah. It's like a little callback. It's like a little Well, callback. they were all living in the it. 19th century. <laughs> that was like a bustling time. It sure was. Um, so let's go back to 1866. Victoria had been working again with her sister Tennessee as a healer and clairvoyant when a Union Army veteran named Colonel James Harvey Blood, just another great <laughs> name, just another fucking dope name. <laughs> Colonel James. People named their children so strange during this period. They were James like, Harvey it. We're Blood. Just go wild. <laughs> they, it, it didn't matter what they named their kids because they were Blood. like, honestly, like half of them aren't even going to make it to their first birthday. So let's so, like, just try some let's stuff just out. Name this one something stupid. Yeah, let's just, like, let's, just <laughs> let's just throw it on the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Like, okay, keychain mattress cover belt. My next baby, Dracula yeah. Nevada <laughs> shrimpy, shrimpy face. face. <laughs> Listen, shrimpy face. If Albert dies, you can take his name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So that year in 1866, Colonel Blood would become Victoria's second husband. So her name's Victoria Blood? No, she keeps her she, name Victoria okay. Woodhill. I would have changed it to Blood. That would have so metal. 100%. I might change my name to Blood now. Victoria <laughs> Blood? What a goth name. That that like that's a woman who's like lying in fucking graveyards <laughs> late at night. Like, ah, Victoria Blood. Fuck yeah. Mm. Goth as hell. Mm -hmm. That is Mrs. Satan. Victoria Blood. Hell yeah. Upon moving to New York City in 1868, Victoria and Tennessee were hired as clairvoyants by railroad magnate Cornelius Vanderbilt, who hired them to help him contact his recently deceased wife. (laughs) They became besties with Vanderbilt. Tennessee may have become a little bit more than besties with Vanderbilt, according to some... um, uh, accounts she may have been comforting him after his wife passed what do you think he wanted to know he just wanted to be like hey just like where do we keep the flowers <laughs> yeah that's it he was like <laughs> like where did you, you put my before, checkbook you before you told me where everything is <laughs> 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 like, hey honey <laughs> 
Hey, how do I tie a tie? <laughs> what was it? You said you put in the pot pie crust again. Was it lard or butter? It's my favorite. <laughs> Answer me. You shrew. Answer me. Shaking. <laughs> Shaking, crying, vomiting. So they become besties with Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt gives the sisters some prudent financial advice, with which they amassed a fortune of almost $700,000, which is over $15 million in 2022 dollars. Thank you for checking. That's a lot of fucking money. <laughs> I didn't even have to check the source had it. Oh, thank you, source. Which I love. Thank you, source. <laughs> thank you, Our source. Cult, just like praying. Thank you, source. <laughs> Wikipedia. Thank you, source. <laughs> Our goddess, Wikipedia. <laughs> I get my light from the source. <laughs> this I love like people who are like, I get my light from the source and just thinking that the source is Google. <laughs> <laughs> the witches of Stitcher, like all praising Google. <laughs> so cursed. I love it. Uh, so using this $700,000, $15 million in 2022 money and Vanderbilt's financial backing, Victoria and Tennessee then opened their own highly publicized firm named Woodhull, Clayfin & Co., becoming the first female stockbrokers on Wall Street. So definitely taking like very much a heady green arc right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was just At thinking the moment. that. Good, good for them, kind of. They had the same yeah. horns. <laughs> yeah. Same horns. Yeah. Uh, same, <laughs> same black horns. dress, at least in that picture. <laughs> They were like, we love that girl boss. <sighs> yes, we love it. We stand a girl boss with horns. Newspapers <laughs> such as the New York Herald hailed Woodhill and Clayfin as, quote, the queens of finance and, quote, the bewitching brokers. Very witchers of, witches of Stitcher Ooh, vibes. Yes. Bewitching brokers. Mm, the alliteration. Love it. You go, girls. However, uh, departing from the Hetty Green arc now, Victoria sought to leverage this newfound financial success to further the agenda of the radical left. That's my best Benji hero. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, she used her money. <laughs> using funds obtained from their brokerage firm, Victoria and Tennessee began publishing Woodhill and Cleveland's Weekly, a newspaper that promoted the free love movement, women's suffrage, and political reform. In December of 1871, the the paper published the first English language account of Karl Marx's The Communist Manifesto. Ooh. And they had multiple articles written by uh, Colonel Blood and an anarchist at the time. I forget. Like, blue link on Wikipedia, anarchist. Okay. Mm. I'm picking the zine back up off the table. Yeah. It's a pretty good zine. It's a pretty good zine. I'm like, Karl Marx, Colonel Blood, yeah. the like... The witches of brokerage or whatever the fuck it was. The bewitching brokers. <laughs> the witches of brokerage. Oh. With her sister, Tennessee, Alaska, <laughs> South the Dakota. The bewitching brokers of Stitcher. <laughs> <laughs> it actually kind of Tennessee, is. Alaska is a gorgeous name. All of these names also sound like drag queen names. They do. <laughs> <laughs> like Tennessee, Tennessee, Alaska. Alaska. Victoria Blood would be so. such a fantastic um, fucking uh, like Dragula performer yes. like uh victoria blood is yeah. dope yeah victoria blood is dope uh tennessee alaska sounds like she would have a sister named mickey yeah. 
That's Ken just my Lynn. name. Just, just basically saying my Very name. white lady. McKaylin and McCaylin. McKaylin like, Oh God, look at these people. Look if I can, oh, if it isn't Kayleen. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> McKaylee. Where was I? Oh, yes. The newspaper's other main focus which was Victoria Woodhill's campaign for the presidency of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So under a new third party, she helped create the Equal Rights Party. Victoria campaigned on a platform of women's suffrage, regulation of monopolies, nationalization of railroads, an eight-hour workday, direct taxation, abolition of the death penalty, and welfare for the poor. Like, this bitch was, like, progressive for 2022. What, Hashtag I'm with what, her. What, what a- <laughs> What year was this again? I'm sorry. I, I 1871 and 1872. <laughs> okay, great. Okay. Yeah. So we still don't have nationalized railroads or regulation no. of monopolies. <laughs> or nope. even really welfare for the poor. Certainly not abolition of uh, death penalty. Nope. Uh, so like this is like, my girl is like left of Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> <laughs> She also took a unique stance on sex work. So she spoke out against prostitution publicly, like she didn't like it. And she actually categorized marriage for financial gain as a form of prostitution. But in Woodhill and Claflin Weekly, in her magazine, she argued in favor of the legalization of prostitution. So she was like, I personally don't like sex work. I I think it's immoral. But we should decriminalize and actually legalize it and put it into our legal codes. So I kind of like, I got to respect that too. Like I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy with someone being able to say like, this isn't something I think I'm very comfortable with myself, but yeah. it should still not be as stigmatized. Yeah. So like, yeah, I'll, I'll give her a little credit for I that. I wish she could have said that about abortion. Me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I wish she could have said that about abortion. Um, I was going to say also kind of like the whole marrying for financial gain being akin to prostitution. That definitely sits a little weird with me because I'm like, I think I know what she's saying. I don't know. I just, it just in that little, like, yeah, nobody should be so hard up for money that they're required to marry someone for support. Because back then, especially yeah. women, obviously, are not offered the same abilities to like uh, own property and advance in careers as men. So like, to her like that it wasn't so much about like you can't be like a gold digger or whatever mm-hmm. right like she was like nobody should be in the position where they have to do this because this is like mm. so yeah. like i kind of get it but also like i don't know don't tell me what to do <laughs> like what if i want to get married yeah, for no, money no, I, <laughs> right what if i want to marry yeah. a 95 year old millionaire right and then feed him a bunch of heart bad food right i I, and it's also like <laughs> a lot of high cholesterol. Admittedly, there's a part of me looking. We're cheese a, eggs tonight, <laughs> <honey>. <laughs> Here you go. Eat some flaming hot Cheetos. It'll be fine. Um, <laughs> admittedly, part of it is also. Here's your steak with a craft Singles melted on <laughs> We're having steak and eggs, honey. Steak and, steak and egg yolks tonight. <laughs> Here, have some more butter sauce. Sounds- and the <laughs> eggs are like those giant duck eggs. Eggs or goose eggs. eggs. <laughs> Just like extra yolky. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, and, and admittedly, some of it is a little bit like the whole like modern day looking yeah. back yeah. a little bit and be like, also the word prostitute just always yeah. gets me weird. Um, so that's part of it too. But also, they probably didn't really talk about sex no. work in the same. Yeah, I don't think now. they so were like, using I'll, the I'll, term I'll, sex I'll work. Just, I'll recognize mm-hmm. that's part of me. Yeah, no one was probably using that word. So like, I get it. That that's no, no, but it still hits my ear in the same way where I'm like, Ew. yeah, it's one of those exactly. things. Exactly. Yeah, you know. same. But even that is like very yeah. recent because it's not like she was calling herself that. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. In a letter to the New York Herald announcing her campaign, Victoria wrote, "While others argued the equality of women with man." I proved it by successfully engaging in business. While others sought to show that there was no valid reason why women should be treated socially and politically as being inferior to man, I boldly entered the arena of politics and business and exercised the rights I already possessed. Queen. Yeah. She nominated abolitionist Frederick Douglass as her running mate, though he technically never responded to the nomination and campaigned for her rival Ulysses S. Grant. she was active in the women's suffrage movement in the united states becoming the first woman to testify before a committee of the u.s house of representatives in 1871 when she tried and granted obviously failed to argue that women already possessed the right to vote under the 14th and 15th amendments but i think the fact that she wanted a black man like a literal former slave to be her running mate for president uh sets her apart from a lot of the most prominent women in the suffrage movement because although the universal suffrage movement supported largely though not like completely a pro-abolition platform it was still mostly mostly exclusionary of black americans especially after the ratification of the 15th amendment uh Mm. because a lot of um, that kind of drove a rift between uh, abolitionists and suffragists who saw basically like black men getting the vote before white women. And that made them very mad. Yeah. There was a lot of angry white ladies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So while she was very active with the movement, other prominent American suffragists like Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Susan B. Anthony, who initially liked her and respected her would come to regard her as quote lewd and indecent and when they and matilda jocelyn gage published a comprehensive history of the movement in the 1880s they just excised victoria from it entirely they pretended she had nothing to do with it nice even though she was the first woman to go before the u.s house of representatives this is literally erasing women (laughs) erasing women from history um what what specifically what did they claim made her so lewd was it because of the being associated with the free love movement that made her lewd it was definitely the free love movement it was definitely she was too um, much of a slut yeah yeah and she had a sexuality so it was was a woman so lewd it was also (laughs) that like she so she would eventually this was the only time she officially like ran and campaigned for president, but she tried to get nominated two more times. And they also mm. viewed her as like a little bit of an attention whore That's for hot. like wanting to do it. Cause they still very much believed that like we should have the right to vote, but we are still second in command. <sighs> we are the neck that yeah. turns the head of the husband, you know? Um. So the fact that she is running consistently running for president just means she wants the attention and that's very indecent and, Gotcha. Okay, so we should let women have more p- 
power, but power like almost behind the scenes, not be so like attention yeah. grabby, not too like, look at me, look at me. Okay. I get it. I get it. No. Yeah. Um, at least with that wing of the suffragist movement. The the whole suffragist movement is much bigger. There are also right, militant right, suffragists yeah, yeah. and yeah. there were like um, socialists and anarchists. And, oh, yeah. yeah. It's it's different bits and it also depends on like where you are. And, but yeah, yeah. Get you, with get those you. three women that wrote that history who like who get their faces on coins, yeah, they, they were very much the um, the civility wing of the – of the movement. Respectability politics. But, yeah. Thanks a lot, you coin-faced hags. <laughs> <laughs> coin-faced hags. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I did a lot of research into this for the Gender Critical series. Um, especially from the point of view of uh, black feminists mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and read a lot of their accounts of how they were treated by some of the the respectability politics. By your Susan B. Anthony. <laughs> yeah. So I have so much rage for like the ways that they would use them and then disinvite them and mm-hmm. step over them whenever they got the chance. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, anytime I get the opportunity for a nice rare insult on these people, I am like so here for it. And I couldn't Absolutely. pass up coin face tags. Coin face. That's so good. <laughs> It is really good. So as I said, the ratification of the 15th Amendment uh, that allowed black men to vote caused a rift between abolitionist and and suffragist movements. And in addition to wanting to nominate Frederick Douglass because she was a radical, she also like very shrewdly believed, and the the Equal Rights Party as a whole, because she wasn't the only part of it, um, this new party, they, they hoped that a Woodhill... Douglas ticket might heal that rift so that we can be like, hey, look, suffragists can still work together with abolitionists. Okay. Like we we are working towards the same goals here. Liberation. Victoria's campaign obviously was not taken seriously. In addition to being a woman, she was also not yet 35, which is the minimum age to assume the pregnant uh, the pregnancy, the presidency. <laughs> <laughs> you must be 35 because she's you can a be woman. <laughs> wow. I know. I'm so what a sexist Freudian slip from me there. Oh, um, cancel. Cancel. <laughs> there it is. Me, daddy. <laughs> You coin face hag. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she was she was 34 when she was running 33, 34 when she was running for president and she would not be 35 until six months after inauguration day. So she technically, in addition to being a woman who wouldn't have been allowed to be a president, she was a little bit too young. Yeah, but she was like, I don't give a fuck. I've already got a uterus. Like, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you already so, hate me so who fucking cares yeah. like, good, good for her <laughs> she would get no electoral votes and what little popular votes Aww. she got were not even counted <laughs> oh really Aww. Yeah. that happened to my friend Donald once they just threw out all the votes for him <laughs> no way and he was supposed to win the election and he didn't <gasps> oh poor Donald so rude you'll have to talk mm. about him on the next goody episode <laughs> <laughs> When he dies. Well, I do hope we'll do an episode on him sometime very soon. 
so when election day came in November of 1872, however, Victoria Woodhill spent it in jail. Twist. Mm, <laughs> the November 2nd, 1872 issue of Woodhill and Claflin's Weekly, which is like such a hard magazine name to say. Woodhill and Claflin's Weekly. Yeah. Woodhill and Claflin's Find another one. WCW. Yeah, it's not, it doesn't sound any better that way. No. No. Yeah. Wiki. Nope. Not going to do that. Uh, was okay. So the the November second, uh, eighteen seventy two issue was dedicated to spilling some piping hot tea yes, about Henry Ward Beecher, Harriet Beecher Stowe's brother. I don't know any of these people, but who, I'm so excited. Harriet Beecher Stowe wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin. Yeah, okay. like big. Yeah. So her brother, who was a prominent Protestant minister in New York had an adulterous affair with a woman named Elizabeth Tilton. And he also, in his sermons, would regularly speak out against the free love movement. So Victoria called out his hypocritical rat ass in her magazine. And she got arrested and jailed for publishing obscenities. (laughs) (laughs) Because you weren't even allowed to talk about that. And she was like... She was like, she was like, fucking Harry Ward Beecher is Fucking Elizabeth Tilton in the confessional. <laughs> Do they have those in Protestant churches? I don't know. This, this just sounds. This sounds like a horror clue. Horror <laughs> <laughs> clue. It was Harriet Beecher Stowe's brother in the confessional with that bitch. <laughs> it was Henry Beecher oh, in the Angus. confessional with the anal beads. Oh, Angus, cover your sweet little <laughs> Angus. in the rectory. <laughs> in the rectum. In the red tree. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say to me, this just sounds like what the future, my future with Mar- Marjorie Taylor Green is gonna be. Like she talks about family values, but she <laughs> fucked another guy while her husband watched. Like she fucked her. What was it? Yoga instructor. <laughs> while her was husband watched yeah. and enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like that's their business and not any of ours. Right. So like maybe calm the fuck down, Marjorie. Anyway. <laughs> Calm the fuck down, Marjorie. <laughs> we I'm, went full, I like, fucking hate her Muppet. so much. <laughs> Why don't you shut your coin face mouth? I hate her so much. And the fact that she's polyamorous makes me so mad. Well, she's not, maybe she's not polyamorous, but she's some open relationship. And fuck her. So when she dies, you I can am have her, so happy. You can have her body, Mandy. It's going to be mine. I claim her body. <laughs> <laughs> She might die sooner rather than rather than later. Really hope. She looks like someone who drinks. Someone shoots her in the head with a nail gun. Well, there's that. She also looks like somebody who drinks a lot of those like off market like energy drinks. You know, oh, like absolutely. Those pre workout powders that are cocaine. She's drinking like lead kombucha yeah. on her days off. She looks like somebody who thinks drinking your own urine is more pure. I mean, she so. probably does. <laughs> I'm sure she also drinks a lot of like yeah. unhomogenized milk or something. Oh, absolutely. Probably. Raw milk. She is like filled with worms already. They're just like, they're to burst out of her. <laughs> she is. They just haven't She's burst like 90% through percent parasites at this point. Oh my god. I wish I was 90% parasites. <laughs> <laughs> The human body is filled with a lot of bacteria. Not the same thing as as parasites, but we are filled with a lot of bacteria. Not mine. I took a bath. (laughs) It's not really how that works, but okay. (laughs) My insides took a bath. (laughs) 
I drank bleach. It's fine. We do not recommend that our <laughs> listeners uh, drink please, bleach. Yeah, please don't drink bleach. Uh, I believe in bodily autonomy. I don't know. <laughs> Free love can include drinking whatever liquids you want. And shooting as much bleach up your ass as you need. <laughs> You're supposed to apply it on the outside. Uh, on the whole of C. Oh, yeah. on the whole. Yeah. So the subsequent legal issues over the obscenity charges lasted for several years, forcing Woodhull and Claflin's weekly to shut down publication, and the eventual trial resulted in a hung jury. Victoria would try for additional presidential nominations in 1884 and 1892 to no avail. In 1876, Victoria divorced her second husband, Colonel Blood. In 1877, Vanderbilt's son, William Henry Vanderbilt, pays Victoria and Tennessee $1,000, which is $25K in today's money, to leave the U.S. because he's afraid they will be called to testify against him in the hearings over the distribution of his daddy's $100 million estate. So they accept his shady money and they move to Great Britain. (laughs) He's like, can you please take this money just to get out of town for a little while? And they're like... Yes, I would take it. absolutely. And Paid vacation. he didn't even say permanently. They ended up staying away permanently, but like he was like, "Can you just leave until the hearing's over?" And they were like, "How how much money was it again?" For twenty five thousand dollars, it was a thousand dollars, which is twenty five k in today's yeah, money. Yeah, like I, I would do that. So absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I can leave town until some hearings end. Absolutely. Yeah. I would do it for one k today's money. Yeah, like ten k <laughs> would be fine. Yeah, five k exactly. One k. Be like, yes, I will leave the country. Um, So it's also notable, um, like I said, she left in 1877. So it's notable that her subsequent attempts at presidential nominations in 1884 and 1892 were made while she was officially living abroad. (laughs) Girl, (laughs) honey. (laughs) So in Great Britain, Victoria became involved with the British suffragist movement and met her third husband, aristocratic banker, John Biddulph Martin. Why is this man named after like a Pokemon? Biddle. 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 (laughs) It's spelled B I D D U L P A. Oh, that double D. (laughs) Nor. Every time I think a name can't get more ridiculous, (laughs) I am proven wrong. It's a silly name's name. It's It's a great. Silly name's episode. It's a great episode. So she marries Biddulph in 1883, <laughs> and she would take his name, becoming Victoria Woodhull oh. Martin for the rest of her life. So she, she didn't take blood, but she took Woodhull and she took Martin. <laughs> what a loser. So with her daughter, Zula, who was originally Zulu, they eventually started calling her Zula, which I, I guess was like because maybe like having a little white girl named Zulu is weird and you shouldn't do it. Victoria published a journal called The Humanitarian from 1882 to 1901, which was known for promoting eugenics. Mm. Eugenics Mm. was a very popular school of thought and sometimes practice in the 19th and early 20th centuries, basically right up until we saw it taken to its logical conclusion on a mass scale in the 1940s. So Victoria's interest in eugenics was like pretty mainstream at the time um and her interest in particular seems to have come from her relationship with her son byron who was born intellectually disabled victoria blamed byron's disability on his father canning woodhill's 
alcoholism and her belief in eugenics was kind of tied to her beliefs about abortion and free love. Like she basically championed the idea that if women had more sexual and romantic freedom to make good matches, they would produce better children and they wouldn't need abortions. And she also advocated for sex education and prenatal care as a way to bear healthier children. So it was a very, like, it seems like she mostly was like, it's difficult. It's it's not a good look for her mm. either way. Uh, but eugenics was very popular at the time. It seems like she was mostly in support of like, let's get better prenatal health care and make sure that people are making love matches and not inbreeding a ton so that we can bear healthier children as opposed to like mostly advocating for sterilization as we did in some parts of the U.S. at that time. Mm -hmm. I feel like all of her really bad takes just come from like not understanding anything about the human body. (laughs) And and not that ignorance is necessarily an excuse, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a bad look, but yeah, it's, I mean, that's why it was such a popular, it was a popular thing at the time. Like it was very, very mainstream to support eugenics because we hadn't seen it followed to its logical conclusion at that point yet. And I mean, it's not like there aren't people today who are still uh, sort of into the kind of what I like to call, quote, soft eugenics, even now of being like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, poor people just shouldn't have babies because they can't afford it. It's like, why can't they afford the babies? Um, (laughs) Why can't they afford the babies? (laughs) (laughs) Think think about it. Yeah. Because like when I did the the child-free video, I I talked about that. and And I did have someone who tried to argue with me about it a little bit and i was like "Ah, yeah i see that take a lot so like it's still a thing yeah it's it's still it's still a thing that people find reasons to support without really thinking it through and it's it's frustrating so like back then especially i'm kind of like it's not great but like i i can understand maybe you just didn't think about this more i think (laughs) i find that actually most people who have that point of view when they're like if you're poor you shouldn't just you just shouldn't have children and then Usually, I'll just say, like, and who do you think is more likely to be poor? And then normally they're like, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. And I, I they, they make think. that like loading yeah. screen sound. <laughs> like, yeah. You can see the little circle going, oh, loading like, new oh, information. Wait, I'm a racist like, oh. now. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Let's follow this. I mean, like, to its when I say most of the people I yeah. say that to, I mean, like, other leftists who just like yeah haven't also yeah (laughs) yeah also sorry to like randomly promote my own video in the middle of your i I brought up the gender critical series oh my god (laughs) anything to say about guns or (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah throw in your own promotion we all have youtube channels support us on youtube and patreon Uh, these are uh, pretty sure it's mostly our patrons listening to this right now. <laughs> I know. Support us on other yeah. separate Patreons too if you can. If you're looking for We're three broke. more Patreons to subscribe to. Give us twice. I have a two dollar pa- tier. Up your patronage if you can. Join that twenty five dollar tier, baby. We're splitting it in three. Make a fake ad. So it was sadly also this is this is Victoria's dark arc. It was sadly in the humanitarian where Victoria also started repudiating a lot of her former work. She recanted both as a spiritualist and as a free love proponent and Aww. rebranded as a, like a good old Christian lady. Oh, so like a trad <gasps> trad wife. <laughs> yeah, she didn't go like she didn't go like full like dark evil. Like she still did a lot of like good humanitarian work, but she was like I'm done with free love. I'm happy with my last husband and 
now I'm going to just be a good Christian mm. and I'm done with pretending to talk to spirits. <laughs> probably, Maybe that part was good, was but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just wondering, um, did she, did she take back her beliefs that women should have these rights or just personally no. for herself? Like, I think she, I mean, she, she still continued to work as a, um, uh, as a suffragist, like with the, with a, okay. uh, proto-feminist movement in Britain. Um, I think she, I think her, like, from the way it sounded from the sources that I was reading, when she and her sister, when she and Tennessee moved to Great Britain, they kind of wanted to (laughs) rebrand because they had been, like, basically, like, chased out of the U.S. as, like, wild children. Like, there's a reason they didn't go back. They were, they were, like, called, like, sluts and whores, basically. Yeah, they were devil whores. Literally devil whores. That's a lot of stigma back then. So I think when they got to a new country and they had a chance to start over, they were, like, we need to, like enter our chill era yeah maybe let's not be devil horse yeah like yeah we need to <laughs> let's delete our social media and take a break yeah <laughs> yeah we need to clear it yeah yeah so her third husband john died in 1897 after which victoria retired to the english countryside to worcester she resided there until her death in 1927, devoting her later years to running a newspaper and a new newspaper, a third newspaper, <laughs> um, and preserving the English home of George Washington's ancestors. Woodhill also became an automobile enthusiast, donated money, money and services to the townspeople around her estate, became a champion of English education reform, including the addition of a kindergarten curriculum founded a short-lived agricultural school and volunteered with the Red Cross during World War One. So girl was still like very busy and, and definitely mm. an activist. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I especially like that she like became a champion of like uh, uh, reforming the English education system and adding like a kindergarten curriculum and stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. She died in 1927 at the age of 88 In 2003, an American human rights and sexual freedom advocacy organization, the Woodhill Sexual Freedom Alliance, was founded and named for Victoria Woodhill. Its focus is on both global and domestic human rights, specifically looking at sexual freedom. As such, it is allied with other organizations such as the American Civil Liberties Union, Gay and Lesbian Activists Alliance, National Gay and Lesbian Task Force, and National Coalition Against Censorship. Their work included forming a coalition to sponsor their first Transgender Day of Action in Washington, D.C., preceding the first Transgender Day of Remembrance, and Woodhill's Mm. lawyers were the first to file legal action against the FOSTA-SESTA legislation. To quote Ricky uh, Ricky Levy, president and CEO of Woodhill, quote, FOSTA chills sexual speech and harms sex workers. It makes it harder for people to take care of and protect themselves. In 2010, the organization awarded their Victoria Woodhill Sexual Freedom Award to Kushaba Moses Moreko, I hope I said that right, an individual from Uganda who sought asylum in the United States due to his sexual orientation. And another yike. In 2012, Buck Angel served on the organization's board of directors. Oh, no. <laughs> no, not Angel Buck. Oh, not Angel Buck. I mean, oh, no. he's a trans porn star, so I guess like I understand why he was on the board of directors. Yeah. Today, Mary L. Shearer, great great grand stepdaughter of Colonel James H. Blood, 
owns the trademark Victoria Woodhill <laughs> R with a circle around it, which is weird and, and kind of fucked up. She owns like Victoria Woodhill's name as a trademark. Uh, and when Victoria was posthumously awarded the Ronald H. Brown Trailblazer Award from the St. John's University School of Law in Queens, New York, Shearer accepted the award on Victoria's behalf. Okay. She is the great-great-grand stepdaughter of Victoria's second husband. Like, not even one of Victoria's direct descendants, but whatever. Right. (laughs) Composer Victoria Bond wrote an opera titled Mrs. President about Victoria in 2012. And in 2017, Amazon Studios said that they would be producing a movie about her life starring Brie Larson. No idea what's going on with that because <laughs> that was 2017 when they announced so probably it. Probably in production hell um, right now and is not really. Yeah, forward. who knows yeah, if it'll which, ever happen. Which is too bad because I like Brie Larson. Like she's she's fine. So yeah, and she'd be really good. And I'll, I'll at the end here, I'll I'll send a couple of photos of uh, Victoria so you can see what she looked like. Mm-hmm. But I want to close out by noting that when SCOTUS, the Supreme Court of the United States, made its mm-hmm. 2000. Three decision in Lawrence versus Texas, which effectively made same-sex sexual activity legal in every U.S. state and territory under the constitutionally protected right to privacy. Some of the arguments used to win that case were used more than a century earlier by Victoria Woodhill. Oh, I like Ooh. that. That's cool. Yeah. That was part of the way she argued for free love is is basically that it was a constitutionally protected right to privacy and it's none of your fucking business mm-hmm. and i love that thanks occasionally shitty bestie <laughs> yeah. she had some bad opinions but whomst amongst us has doesn't have at least a few cancelable opinions Look, we all we all okay i'd like to see what the hell our podcast would have been in the 1800s. like Probably we would have been calling bad. people witches yeah. like <laughs> I'm going to post some pictures in the chat. Sometimes you have a, a problematic, oh, no. bewitching Ooh. broker bestie. I don't know if I did them all. What a handsome woman. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like that outfit. Yeah. She's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to drop another one. That was the oval portrait, right? Yeah. Yes. Here's one of her just like casually leaning on a desk. Or maybe it's a piano can't really tell with a hat oh i like the hat she looks very warm look at that yeah there's something about her like she is like not just pretty but like also like there's she looks like she's cheeky Mm. she's got a little light behind Mm. her eyes yeah 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 that's (laughs) it's a great hat that's a really good hat i like this the last picture this last picture where she looks like she's thinking is my favorite oh i like that That'd be a good profile picture. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cute. That's for all of her like social media. I love her hair. Yeah, it's with good. that little center parting. Yeah, I I do love a center part. Yeah, there's something she just she's got a little light behind her eyes. She looks like a she would have been a good time. She reminds me of a what the fuck's her name? Alana Glazer. Um, you know what? I can kind of see Alana In that there. That last yeah. photo. Okay. She related to Nikki yeah, Glazer. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Um, from Broad City. Oh. Yeah. No, I, I, I can kind of see it. Yeah. In the yeah. last photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's the only one I could. That's the only one. 
I think it's just the like sparkly <clears throat> little the mischievous yeah the mischievousness is what's doing it for me mischievous eyes yeah definitely uh so that's the story of Victoria Woodhull everyone <laughs> I mostly loved her <laughs> yeah there's some things that I don't like but for the most part I I stand her I don't think she's it was like a, more a person good than bad it seems yeah unlike most of our episodes so it definitely fits as a good a good person versus a yeah. bad person yeah it's very is very interesting um to learn more about her yeah <laughs> i hope she didn't ride a toothy slide to hell i hope she just like tripped on a couple of teeth on her way up to heaven i mean <laughs> she kind of stumbled a little bit <laughs> i mean if i was those ghosts that she was pretending to talk to i would probably pull her down to hell or being like you told my husband <laughs> that i was resting at peace and that i would see him in heaven and i am in fucking hell <laughs> You bitch. <laughs> I you mean, liar. <laughs> and you, he spent so much of his money trying to talk to me, and I was trying to tell him to like not spend that money, and I'm very upset now. As scammer stands, though, yeah. we have to love. As a scammer stand, like, yeah. The classic scam is telling someone that you can speak to them. And also, life. just some of the, the things that she did stand for, like in terms of like abolition and stuff, like um, mm-hmm. stuff that we still don't fucking have, uh, is, is yeah. very uh, good stuff. So, you know, good for her. She was definitely very progressive yeah. for her time. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So th- thanks for telling us all about her, Hoots. That was, that was really, uh, really fun. And t- thanks for telling us all the fun names. <laughs> we enjoyed those quite a bit. I will literally re- never re- remember this woman's name. I will be calling her something Victoria Blood is her name in my heart. <laughs> Victoria Blood is so tight. It's so good. Victoria California Clayfin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was calling Tennessee. her... Veronica, Michigan, in my head right now, Veronica. but I wasn't. Too close. <laughs> Veronica, Michigan. It's like Sheen, Veronica Mars. <laughs> <laughs> like discount. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Respect the Dead. You can follow Respect the Dead on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Respect the Dead. If you want to follow us individually, you can find our socials in the show notes. And you should check out our YouTube channels. We don't shit on dead people there as often, but still, we're making tons of cool stuff. If you enjoyed Respect the Dead and would like to support us, there's a couple of ways to do that. You can give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you found us. If you leave us a review, we can read it out on the podcast. Reviews are the best way for new listeners to discover the show. Give us at least five stars and then share us with a good friend who likes venting about dead people. You can also give us some money over on our Patreon. Patreon supporters get some cool bonus content like bloopers from the cutting room floor and even coming up with a fake sponsor ad that we'll read in an episode. It has to be a fake business though, not your MLM, honey. Thanks so much for listening. Join us every Monday for our next Worm Feast. I'm Kellen Conrad. I'm Ailey Mandy. And I'm Hoots. Bye. Bye. Bye.